This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Of, of all the things, you know, they had it rolling in that game. They were five of their first six from three. But there were a couple of missed opportunities. Like, there was a misplay here, misplay there, and you're like, man, I think at one point, I think their biggest lead was 10. You thought, ah, oh, they need to get a little bit farther along. Like, their lead could have been bigger. And then it got cut to four at half, and you just had that feeling. But we've seen – Pitt kind of hang tough on the road, bounce back when teams have made runs, and they did. They just couldn't make that key shot down the stretch. They couldn't hit that three down the stretch, and then that three to hit front rim off the backboard and in was a killer. So, Charlie, here's the net rankings for the Panthers now. And as much as listen, Pitt was 47th in the net, and net is the big, big thing the NCAA tournaments use now. It's you hear about these quad one wins and quad two wins. Where Pitt gets hurt is they only have three quad one wins and only two quad two wins. They're only guaranteed one more quad two game, and that is this Saturday at Boston College. There's a potential maybe NC State is a quad two game at home. And then Florida State, unless they just skyrocket, and they did beat NC State yesterday unless they skyrocket up that's going to be a quad three games so that's not going to help but it is a f- drop from 47 to 49 not horribly I mean they had a team that was 24th in the net in Clemson and you know that they don't think highly of the ACC so you think all right Duke and Carolina they're in period most teams, because of the net being so high for Clemson, and Clemson after beating Pitt is at 43, or as, excuse me, is at 23 now. And they have nine combined wins that are quad win, quad one, and quad two. So Clemson's getting close to locked potential. And you remember, they say these things don't matter, but they do. Last year, Clemson got hosed. Clemson had 14 wins in the ACC. They beat NC State three times, and NC State went to the tournament with only 12 ACC wins to 14 for Clemson. And, yes, the three head-to-head wins by the Tigers, those things factor when they're looking at the NCAA tournament this year. So I'm feeling good that Clemson's in. Wake's coming off a loss. Probably in, 
maybe in. Virginia is now starting to slide to where they're a bubbleish team because they're not playing as well down the stretch. Virginia, by the way, their net is 47, and Pitt is 49. So what are the teams around the Panthers? There's some interesting teams when you look at it. Pitt's 18 and 10. St. John's is 44th at 16 and 12. Also at 16 and 12 is Cincinnati. They're 45th. And Clemson has, or excuse me, St. John's has three road wins this year. Pitt has six. Three. Cincinnati has four road wins. They only have three quad one wins, Cincinnati. Then you get Drake, who, okay, maybe they win their tournament. South Carolina, SEC, they've got 22 wins. They're 48th. At 50 is James Madison. All right, they need to win their tournament. Princeton, Ivy League, they got to win their tournament. They're 51. They have not even played a quad one game this year. Northwestern at 52. They're 19 and 8. Nine combined quad one and two wins. Utah. They had what? Was that Utah last night, the buzzer beater? Or was it Utah State? 16 and 11, Utah. They're 53rd. Providence. 18 and 9, so same number of wins, 54th. McNeese, I mean, they're in the Southland Conference. I don't think they get in as, as an out at large. Same with San Francisco, although West Coast might get some love. San Francisco is 21 and 7. They have zero quad one wins. They're 56. 57 is AM. They're 15 and 12. Grand Canyon in the whack. Yes, that is a school. 58th at 23 and 4. At 59 is Iowa. Iowa is 17 and 12. They have two quad one wins, fewer than Pitt. They're ranked a little behind, but you kind of get the feeling the Big Ten's going to get the benefit of the doubt. Then there's Virginia Tech at 15 and 13. Seton Hall, 18 wins at 61. Oregon, 18 wins at 62. Butler at 15 and 12 or 63. Now here's number 64 in net rankings in a big factor for the NCAA tournament. At 64 is Xavier, Sean Miller's team. Charlie, you know what the record is? Take a guess. With the way that you're posing the question, I think it's kind of a trick question. So I'm going to say like, 13 and 15. You're very, very close. 13 and 14. And yet they're right on that. They're on that bubble. Bradley has 19 wins. Missouri Valley Conference. Ohio State fired their coach because they were so displeased with how the season is going. They're 66th at 16 and 12. Maryland. But again, Big Ten, 15 and 13 at 67. St. Bonaventure has 18 wins. They're 69th. And then you can go down the list. Here's one that that could sneak up on people. Syracuse is 82nd. But they're also 18 and 10. And the problem for Pitt is they beat 
hit twice. You'd think that's the problem, at least. The one that, that gets me is this. So Clemson's 20-8. and eight. They've got all the quad. They've got five quad one wins, including the one last night. And there's Michigan State. I grant you, Michigan State schedule's hard. They're 17 and 11. Okay, you can make the argument to me that they belong in the NCAA tournament. They're 17 and 11. They're 24th in net. 24. Like ahead of some really good teams. They're 24th in net. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Jamie Dixon's team, by the way, TCU is 38th at 19-9. and nine. Again, the Panthers are 49th, down two spots from yesterday after the loss at Clemson, a game that they led for a lot of it. Clemson took the lead in that second half, and it, if I don't have to see Ian Shifflin again, damn, that guy had 17 rebounds in the first matchup. Hit a big three towards the end of the game last night. And it's those those role players that just shoot you in the heart when you see those guys have big games. And Shifflin, who looks – have you ever met, by the way, Charlie, you ever met Kevin Gorman? I have not. From the Trib? No, I have not. I Very have not nice guy. Starkey calls him Gormy the Owl. I don't know why, but, you know, it's Joe. So we may never know why. Shifflin, if you can picture Shifflin's face, that is Kevin Gorman with a few more inches. It's crazy how much they look alike. Anyhow, uh, Panthers get at Boston College, chance for a quad two win. Then they're home to NC State and Florida State. And then you got to think at this point, if you can get those three wins, you're at 21 and 10. Still probably on the outside. You can get to the ACC at least semifinals because right now in the ACC standings, it looks like this. It's North Carolina at 14 and three, Duke at 12 and four, Virginia 11 and five, or 11 and six. Clemson and Wake Forest are 10 and seven. Syracuse is 10 and eight. Pitt, NC State, Florida State are all nine and eight. So let's say. It might be to their advantage to not be in that top four, which would be a not an impossible climb, but might be a tough climb to go over three different teams to get into that position. But to play an extra game, they need more resume wins. They need a, a nice draw, and then they need to beat a Duke or a Carolina in the ACC tournament. If they do that, given what – is thought of nationally of the ACC, I think that gives Pitt a chance at the NCAA tournament. Not saying that that locks them in, but it gives them a chance. They get to the semifinals having knocked off either Duke or Carolina. 
that gives them an opportunity to be in the conversation on Selection Sunday. They've got some work to do, but I don't think it's impossible. I mean, if you're talking about a 23 or 24 win team, I think that gives them an avenue to get into the NCAA tournament. Duquesne at one point was higher in the net than Pitt. Duquesne's taken on LaSalle. It's a close game, what, one-point game right now with the Dukes and Explorers. Duquesne feels like they could make a run in the A-10, but the problem with the A-10 is like Dayton is really good. And you got to go through the Bonnies. And you got St. Bonaventure. And you got Loyola Chicago who has 20 wins, although they got their doors blown off by St. Bonaventure. Yeah, Loyola Chicago is in the A-10 now. When did that happen? Last year. You didn't notice because they had a bad year last year. But Sister Jean is in the A-10. I, I would love to see her at the Riley Center. Right? That oh. If I, she was, is, if I was still a student at St. Bonaventure and she showed up. So, by the way, I like we have family that works at Loyola, Loyola. Leslie and the kids have met Sister Jean. They have a picture with Sister Jean. And they're like, she legit like loves basketball. Like she's into basketball. It's not just. It's not for show. It's not just that they present her at the NCAA tournament. Like, she is into it. But in the A-10, like, you've got to go through those schools. And VCU is always good. I don't know what the record is right now. But Dayton is just, I mean, Duquesne would have to upset, Duquesne would have to win the A-10. Is it impossible? No. They would just need to have Day-Day Grant, like, play out of this world and them to have some other two other players just play out of their mind in the A-10 tournament. Have you ever been to the A-10 tournament? I think Pony's going next week. I have been to a A-10 tournament. I went uh, when they were at the Barclays Center. I think that's where they are this year, isn't it? It could be. Um, I went with a few friends of mine who went You didn't to- go when it was here. No. I went when it was in at the Barclay Center, and a couple of my friends from home, they're alumni of St. Joe's, and St. Joe's was playing. And they nice. said, hey, you went to St. Bonaventure nice. for a year. You want to see your old friends? I said, sure. Right. What well, was it just a few years ago when Rhode Island wanted here? Some guy named Hurley? I don't know whatever became of him. Did, is he doing any doing anything? Uh, that game? I don't know, but I know his dad no, was, a, was a big. He's doing okay for himself at UConn. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 pretty damn good there. But I remember them them uh them playing here. I was I mean those are fun. I mean when I was when I was first starting, I covered the MAC tournament. And there's nothing like the emotion of a tournament game of when a team's season continues on with hope and then one is crushed and you got to get off the damn court cuz we got another game about to start. It's like these teams either just want to celebrate a little bit or they're just the enormity that everything they've worked for has ended, especially in a one-bid conference. And they kind of like walk off the court and they're like, come on, get off the court. We got another game that's going to start here. It's kind of like to- the, uh, the Whippy Old Championships at uh, Akershire. When I was there, watch one a uh, couple – 
dozen of high school kids will live on in infamy in their school's history. And then you look across the field and it's nothing but crushed 15, 16 year old kids who just gave their blood, sweat and tears. And then you have the other teams behind them like, all right, stop crying. We have to warm up now. <laughs> and you're just, then you just feel bad for them. So that starts tomorrow at Whippeal Championships at the Pete. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.